Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. We got a lot to cover between a couple Lakers games, some injury news, the always rotating and changing COVID news. Let's jump into it. Since my last episode, the Lakers have unfortunately extended their losing streak. So on my last episode, we talked about the Lakers win against the Mavericks, which was a huge win. And then dealing with some COVID, not injuries, but people out for COVID. And then a loss, a bad loss to the Timberwolves. So since then, the Lakers have lost two more games, one to the Bulls and one to the Suns. And also, since in between those games, Anthony Davis injured his knee, which we talked a little bit about. We didn't have any news at the time, but he went out and it's come back that he has a sprained MCL, an MCL sprain in his left knee. So that means that Anthony Davis will be out for at least four weeks. He'll be reevaluated at four weeks. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, I recently sprained my MCL actually playing basketball, you know, so me and Anthony Davis very... Both in our age 27 years, sprained our left MCL. Anyways, not that any of you guys care, but that was a pretty surprisingly painful injury. I had also torn my ACL in that knee, and the sprain of my MCL in that same knee hurt way worse than when I tore my ACL, surprisingly. And the recovery for it, it's taken a bit of time. You know, I mean, I'm not an NBA athlete, obviously, so I'm not taking... I didn't have, like, the same treatment and care that Anthony Davis will have, but... I will say, very painful injury. Um, there was a video of him when he hurt his knee going back into the locker room, and he like just couldn't walk on it and like collapsed. And I showed it to my wife, and I was like, "See, I wasn't I wasn't being ridiculous when I hurt my when I hurt my knee. I wasn't. I was actually in a lot of pain, also. So um, at least that validates me and and my feelings when I hurt my MCL. Anyways, so Anthony Davis will be out for at least four weeks. He'll be reevaluated then. My guess is it'll take some more time after that. I'm probably guessing it'll end up being like an eight-week injury, so he'll probably be gone for around two months. If we're lucky, it'll probably be two weeks after that four-week point, so like a total of six weeks. It would probably probably be optimistic. I would be very surprised if he came back right at, right at that four-week point. I mean, it depends on how bad the sprain is, I suppose, which I don't know how bad it is. Um but, I mean, given the NBA-level care and treatment, the Lakers have a really great training staff. It's possible maybe he's able to come back at four weeks. But I would just – given Anthony Davis and his injury history and, and how he treats his injuries, I feel like we're looking at an eight-week situation. And if we're lucky, a six-week situation. I could be totally wrong, but that's just my how I'm feeling, my assumptions, given – the situation so we're without Anthony Davis for a while we've been without Anthony Davis for the last two games where we played the Bulls and the Suns 
The Bulls game actually went surprisingly well for the most part for the Lakers, aside from the fact that they lost. They played decently well. They played their their offense looked great. They were hitting threes, making shots. Looking at the summary, the the Lakers shot fifty one percent from the field, thirty five percent from three. Not a not great three point shooting night, but not bad either. Free throws were awful. The Lakers shot sixty three percent from the free throw line. Uh, LeBron James led the Lakers with thirty one points, and he led rebounds with fourteen rebounds. Uh, Russell Westbrook had eight assists. DeMar DeRozan went off. He had 38 points in that game. The Lakers just couldn't stop him. I mean, they, he didn't do too much early on, it felt like, in the game. And then at the down the stretch when the Lakers were trying to hold on and make a comeback and, and win the game, DeMar DeRozan just went off and hit, was hitting everything, and the Lakers couldn't stop him, which is pretty pretty un- unfortunate. I mean, it's it's tough without having Anthony Davis. And this is the thing that I hate about the Lakers situation right now with the covid the the players missing for for covid reasons and then the injuries is i just feel like i'm making excuses the whole time uh for why the lakers aren't playing well because when you watch the games you can you feel like the lakers should still be able to play well enough to stay in the game and to be close and that's what they did they did that against the bulls it was a close game they lost 115 to 110 it was only a five-point game they were well within it they had plenty of opportunities to win that game and they they didn't which is even makes it even more frustrating the the real killer for the lakers against the bulls were turnovers they had a total of 19 turnovers in the game just completely terrible versus 10 turnovers for the bulls so remember when i said the lakers shot 51 percent in from the field and the bulls shot 43 percent that's great, except for the fact that the Lakers only took 82 shots and the Bulls took 40 or took 93 shots. So down the stretch, I mean, I guess if you look at it, the the made shots, the Lakers made 42 and the Bulls made 40. But the Lakers are giving the Bulls way too many opportunities with those 19 turnovers. And the free throws also, like I mentioned, the Lakers went 14 for 22 versus 25 for 31. So that goes back to what I said earlier on in the season where the Lakers just are they foul so much. They give the other team so many free opportunities with free throws. They gave the Bulls 31 opportunities. They made 25 of them. The Lakers got 22 opportunities. That's that's pretty good, but they only made 14 of them. They lose the game by five. So between 19 turnovers, eight missed free throws, and giving the Bulls 31 opportunities for free throws, like, that's just it's just ridiculous and they only lose by five points like there's no reason the lakers should have lost that game and what's crazy about it is going into the game this is one of the games that i was looking at on the schedule and i marked it off as one of those games that i did not expect the lakers to win so going into the game i wasn't expecting the lakers to win and then they start playing really well for the most part they have 19 turnovers a ton of missed free throws and they only lose by five points so you can't tell me that that wasn't a winnable game. Now, the Bulls were without Zach Levine, one of their better players, but the Lakers were out without Anthony Davis and Malik Monk and Dwight Howard and Austin Reeves and Taylor Horton Tucker, I think. I think he was still out for that game. They were without a lot of players, the Lakers were. Let's see. They were without Anthony Davis... Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, Taylor Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves. 
And like I mentioned before, that's a lot of players that play with the like play consistent time for the Lakers. Avery Bradley was a starter. Kent Bazemore was a starter earlier in the season. Dwight Howard has started for the Lakers. Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker has started for the Lakers. Malik Monk is a big guy off the bench. Austin Reeves just hit a game winner against Dallas. So you're missing that many guys, and you only lose to the Bulls by five points with having 19 turnovers and only shooting 60% from the free throw line. You can't tell me that's not a winnable game. I, I mean, you can't. I'm not. The, I mean, I, I'm the one that was arguing it wasn't. It wasn't a winnable game, but like you, I'm. That's what's frustrating about this Lakers team is you. You look at the team that's out there. The starters against the Bulls were LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, Isaiah Thomas, DeAndre Jordan. You look at that and you're like, well, that's not ideal. That's not an ideal starting lineup. And then you have Carmelo off the bench, off the bench, Rondo off the bench, Trevor Ariza. I forgot to mention made his debut season debut against the Bulls. He played 15 minutes, hit a three, played really good defense. And then you had Shondi Brown off the bench also who played five minutes. So like you're playing, a, you have a really small lineup or rotation. You have eight guys against the Bulls were out with some sort of injury or COVID. And then the Bulls were missing a handful of players too, but the biggest one really was Zach Levine, um, in terms of the guys that like give them a lot of, a lot of scoring and, and all that stuff. So, real tough situation for the Lakers against the Bulls. Tough loss. They should have won it. That should be a win, and it wasn't. So those are the kinds of losses that are really frustrating. And this was a game that I wasn't even expecting to win. But when you play how you do and you're close. When they play, when you play how the Lakers played, and you're close, and you have an opportunity at the end of the game to win the game, and you don't, those are the ones that are, are going to hurt down the stretch. So, tough loss for the Lakers. And then, moving on from that game, they play the Suns last night, Tuesday night. I actually had the opportunity to go to that game, which was awesome. It's always a great time to go to. I'm still calling it Staples Center, and and see the Lakers in person. Uh, bummer that Anthony Davis got hurt right before that game because he's, like I've mentioned before, one of my favorite players. So bummer not to be able to see him. But Lakers play the Suns. Awesome to see the matchup with LeBron and Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Russell Westbrook and just a lot of star power in that game. So that was super fun to watch. And the Lakers played surprisingly well in the first half. And then everything went to crap after the first half. So Lakers lose that game 108-90. to They end up just getting absolutely blown out. We were talking to our friends before the game who are Suns fans, and I, they were asking me what I expected about the game, and I was like, eh, just, unfortunately, I think the Lakers will lose by 20, and everyone's like, oh, it's not going to be that bad, I hope it's, you know, hopefully it's closer, I'm sure it won't be that bad, and it actually was pretty close for the, in the first half, the Lakers had a great first quarter, ended up being up 25 to 24 at the end of the first quarter, they had a 10-point lead at some point in that first quarter, a lot of it was the Suns missing. They missed a lot of threes. They did not shoot very well in that game last night, at least not in the first half. The Lakers shot pretty well. Um, looking down the box score, LeBron James played great, which is fun. Uh, LeBron ended up with 34 points. Russell Westbrook ended up with 22 points. And then the rest of the Lakers starters, look at, listen to this. So Russell Westbrook, 22 points. LeBron James, 34 points. Taylor Horton Tucker, 3 points. Wayne Ellington, 3 points. DeAndre Jordan, 1 point. 
that's the starting lineup for your Los Angeles Lakers and their scoring breakdown. So the Lakers just had zero scoring. They only scored 90 points. It was basically they had like 80 points before they put in the the bench players. So literally zero scoring. The Lakers shot pretty badly. That's part of it. They shot 39% from the field and 20% from three versus Phoenix shooting 44% from the field and 29% from three. So again, 29% from three, not very good, but they did, they shot just enough better than the Lakers in order to get the win. So the Lakers, they surprisingly didn't have too many, um, turnovers in the game which was at least something that was good the Lakers did so the Lakers had 14 turnovers it's still not it's still not ideal but the Suns had 16 so they out turnovers or under turnover to the Suns points off turnovers though 22 points off turnovers for the Suns six for the Lakers so even though the Suns had 16 turnovers the Lakers only got six points off those turnovers and then I mean, the Suns, it's one of those things where the matchup is just, and this is the reason, part of the reason why I thought the Suns would win by 20 points, and what I ended up basically being right on in this point is I, this with DeAndre Aiden and JaVale McGee, and with the Lakers having Anthony Davis out, Dwight Howard was still out, only having DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan was the only big man for the Lakers, and then Trevor Ariza, Carmelo, and LeBron were playing like center minutes for the Lakers last night and the mismatch is just unbelievable I mean JaVale McGee ended up with how many points he ended up with 10 points JaVale McGee for t- had 10 points which it's about what he's averaging on the season so he hit his average Devin Booker he went off for a little bit he had 24 points the Lakers actually for surprisingly the Lakers did a pretty good job at keeping Devin Booker in check for the most part. The Suns just had a lot of a big scoring spread. They had 14 from Bridges, 24 from Booker. Chris Paul only had 11. DeAndre Ayton had 19. Cam Johnson had 14. Cam Payne had 10. JaVale McGee had 10. So it was just like there wasn't one, any one guy that went off. And again, the the Suns, like I mentioned, didn't play that great of a game. Like they The Lakers held them to 108 points, a team that just scored 137 points against the Hornets. Like, the Lakers' defense was pretty good in that game last night against the Suns, but the offense was just terrible. The 14 turnovers, not again, not ideal, but unfortunately better than they've done, better than against the Bulls. Free throw shooting, again, terrible for the Lakers, 65% from the free throw line. Um, I mean, Carmel, it's it was just tough. It's tough having everyone out. Malik Monk is still out. Anthony Davis obviously is out. We mentioned that. Avery Bradley's still out. Dwight Howard's still out. Kent Bazemore's still out. Austin Reeves still out. Kendrick Nunn, who hasn't even suited up yet, is still out. So all these guys are still out. And then Carmelo Anthony got ejected. He got fifteen he played fifteen minutes in the game. He hit a couple threes. Uh or he I guess he only hit one three. But he had seven points in 15 minutes, four rebounds, got ejected after those 15 minutes. And that's, you know, when you have, when he's one of the guys that's playing the big, big man minutes, that that's tough, a tough loss. Trevor Ariza got 20 minutes of playing time. He shot pretty well. I felt like he, 
went three for three from the three-point line, four for four overall, 12 points. So good to see Trevor Reza kind of coming in and getting that stroke and, and hitting some shots. He played good defense as well. So good to see at least Trevor Reza getting his sea legs back. And I think he's going to, once the team eventually gets back, I think Trevor Reza will, will play a pretty big role with the Lakers, which is good to see. So, but again, just zero scoring. Like you, we've talked about this a ton on the podcast about how you need at, at least three guys to score a lot, right? In a game to win a game, you need three guys to score well. So the Lakers had LeBron James with 34, which is good. Russell Westbrook at 22, which is good. I mean, I think you would prefer him to end with the game with like at least 25, especially in a game where Anthony Davis is not playing. Like, I feel like 25 is that sweet spot. So 22 is not bad, though, especially when LeBron has 34. And then the next higher score was Trevor Ariza with 12. You need one more guy at least close to 20 points. And that goes to show with Lakers lost by, they lost by 18, but it was basically a 20-point loss. But you get one more guy in there with, with close to 20 points or 20 points, and it's a close game. It's a, you know, it's a one-point game. It's a Lakers win by two kind of situation. Uh, but instead, you have Taylor Horton Tucker, three points. He shot one for 13. He shot 7% from the field. 0 for 8. He took eight threes. Taylor Horton Tucker took eight three-pointers, missed every single one of them. I get it. He's been out for a while. He, I'm, he, I saw on Twitter last night after the game that he mentioned that today or yesterday, the, the day of the game, was the first day he went out of his apartment because of the health and safety protocols. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. I'm sure he's got to get back in the rhythm, I hope. But I don't know why he – I I mean – it's one of those things where he should not be playing starter minutes. He shouldn't have been playing 31 minutes with how badly he played. But the Lakers had no other option. I mean, given everything, preferably I would have given Trevor Reason more minutes. But again, he's this is only his second game back for the entire season with his injury. So like you want to ease him back in. There really is no one else. Carmelo Anthony got got ejected. Isaiah Thomas did not play well. He only had three points. He shot one for 11, 9%, 0 for 6 from 3. Uh, Rondo didn't score at all. So like there were just, there was no other option, unfortunately. And it was just really hard to watch. And like LeBron played well enough in the first half to keep the Lakers in it. Uh, Trevor Reza hit some big shots to keep the Lakers in it. Carmelo Anthony hit a few shots to keep the Lakers in it early, but down the road, especially after Carmelo got ejected, I mean, the option, oh yeah, and then Wayne Ellington, one for four from three in the field. So it's just one of those things where when the when the shots not when the shots aren't falling, it it is what it is. You you can only do so much, and especially given the injuries and the players out with COVID, there's only so, there's only so much the Lakers can do. So I'm not like super upset by that loss. The Suns are the best team in the NBA right now, at least record wise, and they're proving it against all sorts of different teams and in order for the Lakers the reason the Lakers were even close in the first half is because they were hitting their shots the second half is when things went downhill so if you're not going to hit your shots you have no chance at beating a good team you have no chance of beating a bad team if you're not making shots you just it's part it's what comes with the game of basketball obviously right you can't you can't win if you're not making shots so 
tough loss. It was fun to see LeBron go off 34 points in 34 minutes, seven rebounds. He shot well, 13 for 19, 68%, two for five from three. He made all his free throws, which I was very surprised about. Glad to see he only had two turnovers. He ended with a plus minus of zero. So he, you know, he was really the only, he was the only bright side. Every other starter for the Lakers ended up with a minus. DeAndre Jordan with the most at minus 26. Rondo had a minus 26. It was basically anytime LeBron came off the court, and this is what you see with the plus minus. Anytime LeBron came off the court is when the Lakers lost their lead. Or it was either like a tie game or a two-point game in either direction with LeBron on the court. And then LeBron left the court. The Suns went on a huge run. The Lakers just couldn't get it back. So shout out to LeBron for still being the Lakers' best player at 37 years old. It's unbelievable. So honestly, at this point, we just have to hope the Lakers can get their guys back. Dwight Howard, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves. And the thing is, once they come back, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get back into it. There's going to be some bad games, assuming. I mean, especially considering how, like, you look at how Taylor Horton Tucker played. I would expect more of that from the guys as they come back for the Lakers. So it's it's a tough, it's a tough it's been a tough few games just with all these guys being out and everything, but I'm still hopeful. I was looking, I mean, on someone asked how, I think it was Russell Westbrook, how he was feeling with the rest of the season with 50 games left in the season. And then I stopped and I was like, wait, there's 50 games left in the season still? Like, it feels like it's so easy, especially doing this, like, this podcast and watching all the games and stuff. It's so easy to, to get caught up in every single game and every week and, and just feel pretty disappointed with how the Lakers have played they're right at 500 now I think they're 16 and 16 on the season and it's it's easy to get really bummed out about the Lakers and just where they're at on the season but when I heard there are still 50 games left which I wasn't thinking about it in that way it's just a different perspective but 50 games sounds like a lot Lakers wouldn't do this no team would but if they let's just say the Lakers won they went on a fifty win streak, fifty game win streak. They won fifty games. They would have that would be one of the best records in the NBA ever. You know, to only have sixteen losses in in a season. So I mean, like that's not going to happen. But when you think about it in that sense, it's like the Lakers have still have time to figure things out. I mean, time is running out, and Anthony Davis being out for up to a month, well, at least a month, if not potentially two months, it's makes things all that much more difficult. But once we get the guys back, I, I feel hopeful we can turn things around. Looking at the rest of the month, Lakers play the Spurs on Thursday, who are 12-18. and 18. But they've also played fairly well recently. They blew out the Clippers 116-92. to 92. They beat the Jazz by two points, 128-126. to 126. But they've also lost to the Hornets. They've got blown out by the Hornets. They lost to the Kings by seven. They have both beat the Nuggets and lost the Nuggets. So the Spurs are a, a somewhat inconsistent team. The Lakers have played them twice now. I think they're 2-0 and against the Spurs so far. Currently looking at the ESPN matchup predictor, they have San Antonio predicted to win. They have a 50 just it's it's basically 50 50 it's 50.5 percent 
in favor of the Spurs, 49.5% for the Lakers. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those games where the Lakers should win this. They have beat them before, but given Anthony Davis being out and not knowing who's going to be back from the COVID protocol stuff, it's hard to, it's really hard to predict. So the Lakers last five games, they've beat Orlando, beat Dallas, and they've gone on a three-game losing streak against Minnesota, Chicago, and Phoenix. And then, like I mentioned, San Antonio has been off and on. They've literally won the last five games. They've won, lost, won, lost, and then won. So they are, given that they are predicted to lose their next game because they beat the Clippers in their last game, so that's good for the Lakers at least. So, I mean, this, it's a winnable game for the Lakers. They should win this game. They should be be able to beat the Spurs. And then they go on to play the Nets on Christmas Day, which, like I mentioned before, is a winnable game for the Lakers in the sense that the just Christmas being Christmas Day, LeBron's going to come out and play well. Other guys are are going to come out and play well. I I just I that's typically how it goes. It, but at the same time, you look at how they played against the Phoenix, where they played well in the first half, and then they just completely lost it in the second half. That's also very possible. So I wouldn't typically count this one as a winnable game for the Lakers. Just the Nets are 21-9. and They're playing well. They, let's see, they're, uh, I mean, I guess it's pretty crazy. I'm, I'm actually surprised by this. The And again, I haven't really looked into what's going on with the Nets currently. Um, I'm pulling up the injury report. So the Nets are missing. Oh, Durant's out and Harden's out. That's why. With COVID protocol stuff. So Blake Griffin's day-to-day with the knee. LaMarcus Aldridge is out with COVID protocol. Kevin Durant's out with COVID protocol. James Harden is out with COVID protocol. So, and then Kyrie Irving is in health and safety protocol. So the Nets, all their best players are out right now. So that's why the Lakers are predicted to win. So if that's the case, then this is definitely a winnable game for the Lakers. But again, you never know. Christmas is in a few days. They could completely be back and and given that. So if Durant is out, if Harden is out, that's that's great. You know, the Lakers should win that game. And, and and the Lakers need the win. The thing is, is typically, like the last two seasons, if the Lakers were playing the Nets and I saw that Harden and Durant were out and stuff, I'd be almost be a little bummed because I liked, I would want to have that like milestone game for the Lakers to see how they do against another top team in the league. But considering where the Lakers are right now, we know they're not at, they're not playing at a championship level right now just because they can't with all the injuries they have and the guys that are out and, and everything like that. They're not playing at a championship level. So I don't, I don't really care about those milestone things right now. I just want the Lakers to win games at this point. So whatever break the Lakers can get, I'll take because we've, we've been dealt a pretty tough hand so far this season. I mean, other teams have as well. It's not just a Lakers thing, but part of it is self-inflicted with the brand new team. You know, we, we have only three, Guys, this season we're returning from previous seasons: THT, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Everyone else is brand new, so that there's some growing pains there. So that's self-inflicted. And then between the COVID protocol stuff, 
and then in guys just being on this like rotating in and out situation where you just don't even know who's playing any given night and then the anthony davis injury recently we've things have been tough for the lakers i feel like i mean the bulls have dealt with some stuff right but i feel like the lakers have been dealing with quite a bit it's funny because a lot of it with the lakers are role players which for like the nets for instance being like missing durant and missing harden like that's that's really tough to miss your two of your best players but for the lakers missing uh malik monk and avery bradley like guys that typically step up in a, in a role player type situation um it's hard i feel like it's almost harder to get role role like rondo to step up and play it to the level that malik monk has been playing things like that so that being said i'm just at a point where i want the lakers to get any break they can get to get some wins uh in the win column so spurs coming up next on thursday night and then the nets on christmas day I'm not totally sure when my next episode will be, given that I've been typically on like a Wednesday-Saturday schedule and Christmas is on Saturday. So I'll probably do one maybe the day after Christmas and recap the Spurs and Nets games. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm-hmm.